0: um... I want to read through
1: his draft profile. Like, I want to spend a minute. Like, this guy's strengths. Four-year starter team leader. Different quarterback once he finds his rhythm. (laughs) Makes his way through all his progressions. Strong hands allows for easy pump fakes and to move defenders. Generally accurate pass between the numbers. Confident throwing over linebackers in front of safeties. Good toughness. Good anticipation as a runner. And willing to dive and move the chains. All solid, but here's why he's meant to be an undrafted free agent and ends up getting picked in the last round instead. He has a good amount of weaknesses. Pocket setup lacks quickness. Don't need to set up in a pocket when you're going to throw it behind the line of scrimmage to Debo and CMC. Field blinders occasionally rob him of seeing the big play. Good news is, the big play is behind the line of scrimmage when you're playing for the 49ers. Delivery is labored. So what? It's still coming out in the first half second because you play for 49ers. Why can I smell this
0: bullshit happening?
1: Lacks timing to beat NFL corners outside the numbers. 49ers don't throw outside the numbers. Shies away from tight window throws. There are no tight window throws behind the line of scrimmage. Ball needs to come out sooner on deep ball shots. There are none. Confidence and consistency have been issues. He's going to be as confident as he needs to be once he throws it three yards down the field and this guy takes it to the house.
0: Like I said, if uh, if Brock Purdy turns into Brock Lesnar and gets the 49ers all the way to the Super Bowl and the Eagles are one of the ones that suffer because of that and they lose to the hands of Brock Lesnar Purdy, um, I will turn into the tyrant boss and Bill Hollarin will no longer be on the podcast. <laughs>
1: Oh god, that
0: sounds like a nightmare waiting to happen. Lawrence might not
1: be what I thought he is.
0: Shout out to Jared Goff. Welcome to the Built Different Podcast. Let's get it. Welcome everybody to the Built Different Podcast. I am here with Bill, and we are back with some Gold Rush, Episode 4. Yes, and football. Welcome football, ladies and gentlemen. American football. American American football. football. My apologies.
1: Back to the NFL uh, since our World Cup run did not last incredibly long. Uh, We do not get to call it soccer across the world, as we were kind of hoping for. Uh, So, our football... Uh, we get to spend a little time today talking through what happened last week. Uh, we'll recap the week. We'll go through our top takeaways. We'll, of course, look forward to the week ahead. Uh, we're going to talk some playoffs today. We've been putting it off a little bit, but we're definitely going to dive into some playoffs today. At least take a look at who we think is going to get in. It's crazy. I've been like, Bill,
0: man, I'm itching for these playoffs. I'm itching.
1: Yeah, we've been putting it off. We wanted a little bit of a clear picture, but ultimately I don't think we're going to have a clear picture until week 18. I think it is going to come down to the wire. I look forward to that flex scheduling, uh, which we'll definitely dive into a little flex scheduling this week as well. Uh, We will talk about our Bill's Block and Tom's Intuition, of course, and then we'll go through our five and five. Definitely have one bonus bet for you. We'll see what Tom can come up with as well. Uh, so to kick us off recapping last week, uh, there was an absolute game of the week and that was the chiefs versus Bengals and man, it really came down to the wire. Uh, that was quite a game. I think this is a preview of, I don't know about AFC championship, but most certainly a matchup that we're pretty likely to see in the playoffs, uh, what did you think of that game?
0: I loved it. You know, our our new legends are, are taking shape. And I'm loving these classic battles that we're getting. You know, like our, obviously, you know, our Drew Brees and our, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady's and Peyton Manning's, those guys and those battles are starting to go away. And now we're getting our, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrows and, you know, Josh Allens and, you know, all these battles and... Here we are. I I loved it. I I especially loved it that you know Joe Burrow, man. This guy is just inserting himself right back into the picture, and we we yeah. talked about it last week, and it's it's crazy how how it's coming true. How the here we are. The Bengals are a threat, and um that's that's basically what I'm here to say. You know, there's there's something about this fucking guy, man. Joe Burrow he is confident it's scary and while you know that there's a lot that could could have been said about this game on the Chiefs end you know some mistakes were made there sure. there's some you know things that they can shore up which will be shored up and this will be a lot sure. more of an even more of an exciting game somehow when we get to the yep. playoffs you know how that is but there's a lot to be said about this Bengals victory and most importantly Joe Burrow is here this is this is the their the performance you absolutely wanted to see. This 100%. Is the
1: one. Yeah, he he was lights out. I mean, to review a couple of stats, he was 25 of 31 for 286 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Played an incredibly crisp game. Uh, six incompletions versus 25 completions is pretty nuts. That's elite level completion percentage. Going and they to- weren't dink and dunk throws either. He was taking shots <laughs> down the field. Meanwhile, Chase, damn near 100 yards. Samaj P. Ryan ends up with over 100 yards, which tells me if Mixon was available, this might not have been all that close. But I do want to say, ultimately, this game was close. And Mahomes did not have his best day. He went 16 to 27 for 223 yards, one touchdown. Pacheco had his solid day, 14 for 66 and a touch. And ultimately, it's Travis Kelsey fighting for more yards that ends up costing them the game. I'm not going to say I want Travis Kelsey to do anything different moving forward. uh, But that guy doesn't typically cough up the ball. And if he doesn't, we're looking at a different outcome here. So let's add Mixon to the Bengals because we do get him back this week and moving forward. Uh, Let's take that fumble away from Kelsey what do you think the outcome of this game is if we replay it again?
0: And then that's that's the thing is, you know, the Bengals defense huge, right? Yeah. You know to stop to stop Mahomes like that, you know, if if we're at if we're at in Mixon. <laughs> this, <Stop>. this this <laughs> this Bengals team, man, it, it again it, it just adds another thing to this playoff picture that Again, when we're we're gonna get to it, but sheesh, man, this is gonna be a fun ride that we're gonna be taking on. Like I said, I I still I don't want to sit here and say the Bengals are are gonna beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. I still have the Chiefs. I don't think you know we're gonna sit here and go into the playoffs and the Chiefs are gonna lay an egg twice. Do do I think that's gonna happen? No, I I think if we get a playoff scenario, I think Patrick Mahomes watches tape. He gets his act together. He he does what he needs to do. I, I think the Chiefs come and they they fix what they need to fix and they win the game. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised. It's Joe Burrow. He's like, how old is he? He's he's young, at least young in the league. And he's playing like he's 33. <laughs> 33 yeah. with like four MVPs under his belt and like <laughs> two rings. And like he's been here, done that so many times before. It's It's so great to see. I love it.
1: Yeah, and I think you're spot on there. I don't think the that Mahomes, after watching that tape, uh, comes back out and throws less than 60% completion percentage. Uh, I I do think this does look different next time around, but ultimately I'm signing up for it really every week. I, I could definitely take a Chiefs or Spengals matchup. Uh, so especially with the slate that we got in front of us, Uh, There's not going to be that level of excitement in all likelihood. There's nothing quite that meaningful on this slate. Uh, So, hey, I definitely watch this over and over again.
0: Yeah. Now, an interesting game, you know, your Dolphins. You know, there there was some injuries, you know, on on your guys' end that were announced a couple of days before that had me a little skeptical about the game. But then as the game goes along, Jimmy G breaks and breaks his foot yep, and, first quarter. And, and comes Brock Purdy and you know, one can be thinking, Oh, you know, the dolphins got this in the bag. Cause who yep. the hell is Brock Purdy? Wrong. Wrong.
1: Couldn't have <laughs> the been The
0: 49ers more. end up smacking the living hell out of the dolphins. Tell us a little bit about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, they clearly are not the same team without Toronto Armstead. And, a lot of credit goes to Chris Greer. A lot of credit goes to Mike McDaniel for piecing this team together. It's definitely a lot different than last year, and even the the spurts that we saw, there were some you know decent things to take away from that game. Not a ton of it, uh, but it was just pretty poorly executed across the board. Um, I, I have a few major knocks to this. First off, this felt like Mike McDaniel is out there playing game Madden and forgot that there is a running section to the playbook. He ran it. I want to say eight total times and passed it a whole lot more than that. Tua did not have his confidence that he's become known for. He didn't have that swagger this week. There wasn't going to be as much joking around between McDaniel and him on the microphone. So How do you open things up for him a little bit? You run the damn ball. And we did average four point something yards a carry when we did run it. Just we barely ran it. We were never out of the game by that much where we should have abandoned the run. I get it in the fourth quarter. But, man, if you only ran the ball eight times going into halftime, you really got to be questioning, hey, what's going on with this offense? What could we be doing differently? Why aren't we running the ball? Now, here's a good reason we might not have been running the ball. Austin Jackson was out. Teron Armstead was out. We've got both bookends uh, as backups coming in and just doing okay. Uh, Tua didn't get killed. He didn't end up leaving the game on his stretchers. So, you know, some <laughs> element of a win there. <laughs> but it wasn't a highlight really performance by the offensive line. They were pressuring and to have made some mistakes. And he's been mistake free for longer than we could ever ask somebody to be mistake free. Uh, so, you know, not our best day at all. I think this says a lot more about how good the Niners are than how bad the Dolphins can be.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to I'm going to trust your you know your opinion on all things um Dolphins. You know, I I think this is a good lear- learning moment for the entire team, you know, having having this long of success and th- this could have easily happened to them in the playoffs or possibly at the end of the season if they were, you know, going head to head with the Bills for that number 1 spot. But you know, I ultimately <sighs> Bill, you make good points, though. You you made a good point when you said, you know, Tua has been so solid for so long. And if you look at the stats, it's been the case. Because even when when he didn't have his best passing games, they were games that were mistake-free. They were games where you could still look at them and say, okay, he didn't have it, but he didn't really give the game to the other team. He still kept his team there. He, He didn't just... You know he didn't he didn't die. You know he he didn't pull what some of these other quarterbacks do and just interception 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 interception. Sure. You know run into brick wall after brick wall, do crazy stupid things trying to be a hero. He gives his team a chance, yeah. um, but you know in this game specifically, I think the one big key learning point is to just relax, just calm down, be the tua that you know you've come to be. And you'll be okay because the difference between what you have now and what you didn't have before is that you have one of the better offenses, you know, in the league. In my opinion, anyway, you have sure. one of the better offenses, and to some people, you know, they don't think that the Dolphins, you know, have a decent or good defense. I think it's a defense that'll at least, you know, Brock Purdy destroyed you guys. I'm sorry, Bill, but. Um, it's still a defense that I think can get the job done at the end of the day. it's It's a team that is capable of winning the Super Bowl if everything goes the right way. Not a lot of teams can say that. Um, I think yeah. the Dolphins are one of maybe five or six. Trust your team, Tua. this is the sure. this is the um th- that's the lesson I think is is to learn. Um, but both him and McDaniels, though, trust your team. McDaniels, yeah. trust the run. Tua, you don't have to panic, just calm down. Just relax. Yeah, It is what it is. But yeah, one quick point, though. Wad, that Waddle injury hurts. That,
1: that could hurt a lot. Hurts. We'll yes. see how serious that is. Uh, just to finish up on your points, I think it's less Brock Purdy destroyed us than Christian McCaffrey <laughs> destroyed us. Uh, so, yeah. you know, Purdy had 25 completions for a total of 210 yards. That's a lot of dinking and dunking down the field. Eight but, of those catches went to McCaffrey for 80 yards and a touch, um, along with 66 on the ground. That man's a beast, and ultimately it looked like he should have had more on the day. It felt yeah. like we were actually shutting him down decently. Right. When you look at the plays and like what could have been on each play, there were some tackles that were basically shoestring that you could have really seen him yeah. breaking off the big one. So you know, I think the Niners going to be just fine, especially with Brock Purdy. I don't think that's a downgrade at all. I think Jimmy G's injury doesn't really mean a whole lot to them, and I, they want him back. But just because they need warm bodies, warm capable bodies in that quarterback room, I can't. Brock Purdy is going to be all right, man. Brock Purdy. I,
0: I don't. I I can't see it because like when for for a super bowl i when it comes when it comes to jimmy g yes he's not the best quarterback in the world i almost feel like i jinxed him when we were talking about it when i talked about his injuries and now he has a fucking broken foot but when it comes to jimmy g he has the experience of going to the super bowl and actually playing in it this time um (laughs) I think that is necessary. I think that is very necessary. And this 49ers team, yes, I feel like you can plug almost just about anybody in that quarterback position at this point, and they're a Super Bowl team. But I think the difference is is that Jimmy G has the experience of winning playoff games, and Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy. He's
1: <laughs> <It's laughs> you know? irrelevant, baby. He's the last pick of the draft. And... If he, like I
0: said, if 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 they if he wins whatever i yeah. will whatever this will go viral whatever <laughs> i will choke on my words
1: it is what it so, is this is a scheme offense that similar to the dolphins go figure uh based on Mike McDaniel coming from the Shanahan tree but you don't have to worry about any of the things that Brock Purdy isn't good at so you got a guy that has shown some potential at Iowa state and ends up being Mr. Irrelevant in the draft, but falls in the perfect spot. This guy hit the lottery by getting drafted to the 49ers because you, well, you didn't know Trey Lance is going to get hurt. That part is the really unfortunate piece, but Jimmy G is going to get hurt. If he gets on the field enough, he is going to get hurt because he always does. And now he gets the opportunity to be a starting quarterback for, not just an NFL playoff team, but a team that I pick to probably win the NFC and represent that conference in the Super Bowl.
0: When I think of Brock Purdy, I think of Brock Osweiler.
1: Is he going to be Brock Osweiler in the playoffs, or is he going to feel a little bit more like Brock Lesnar?
0: Depends on what team he faces. We'll find if he's out. facing the Cowboys, I feel like he'd be Brock Lesnar. He's facing we'll the Vikings. Up. I feel like he's going to be Brock Purdy. I'm just saying that's this is the <laughs> scenario I have.
1: Let's find out. All right. So <laughs> moving forward to the next game, still to recap the, uh, the the week prior, we saw a really weird scenario, and I don't know how to even figure this out. But I'm going to say it probably hasn't happened many times before. If it's ever happened before, we had the NFC East. All teams played on Sunday. Since no teams are on by. But two of them played each other. And we still had the entire division leave the week without a loss. Undefeated co- conference while two teams played each other.
0: Only Vikings bullshit, Only bullshit like ended. this happens in our division. I also like... shout out
1: to both teams playing for the tie. Because there there was a good chunk of time where both of, of the teams were very content getting the tie. And I had under 40 and a half for that game. So I thought I was absolutely boned going into overtime because that's how that works. More points are going to get scored, almost guaranteed. And none did. So I ended up cashing that ticket. Uh, but man, I think the Giants really are the team that's more thankful for that tie out of the two.
0: I, um, it was It was a cool day for the entire division. The Cowboys completely dominated their opponent. The Eagles completely dominated their opponent. And then it was like the Giants and Commanders got together and shook hands. And it was like... (laughs) Because it was was a real gritty grudge match between those two. Because it was kind of like... It feels like one of them are going to make the playoffs and one of them are not, right? But then out of nowhere, it's like this tie happens. And it's kind of like... Maybe they both can make the playoffs. <laughs> so it, it was cool. It, it's cool. Yeah. And I love that that you bring up that statistic. But I think you got me finally sold on the Eagles and the Cowboys. I, I think both of these teams are one and two in the NFC. I think I'm finally sold on it. In the entire NFC, I'm sold on these two teams being one and two. Um, I'm not sold on the order yet. I think I have to wait and see when they clash. And I believe that matchup is coming soon. I believe within the next two or two weeks. I think after this Giants matchup or the week after that. But yeah, it's exciting. This uh this division is exciting because you know hennecke is getting his time to shine. Carson Wentz is on the bench where he belongs. He's not the top four quarterbacks in this division. Like he has Daniel Jones and Tyler Henneke ahead of him. He has Jalen Hurts ahead of him. Who would have thought that Jalen Hurts would be the number one quarterback in this division? And Dak Prescott is behind him. This is yeah. great. This is great. Everything is going great.
1: Just how you drew it up, baby. Yeah, I. You know, I've been sold on the Eagles. I tried selling you on the Eagles, but man, that was a great performance. They, that win. Yeah. That is a very well-coached team. I've talked about how much I like Mike Rabel, and he's not a guy that's going to get blown out very often. Uh, They took advantage of all the right stuff. A.J. Brown really got his revenge game, and, man, he showed out. But all around, it was a team performance, and the Eagles looked damn good.
0: That is my um, biggest takeaway from the game. Was that the Eagles dominated the Titans, a team that keeps it close, a team that keeps it gritty, a team that really makes you earn the the victory. We really like trampled them. The Eagles really steamrolled the Tennessee Titans, and you know, Derrick Henry didn't really you know look phenomenal. And um, this is
1: the time of year he hits his stride.
0: Too. Right. And, you know, co- like, <laughs> like their coaching, like it was, it was such a dominating performance. And for me, like A.J. Brown, right, mm-hmm. just decided to have a good game. This was my biggest takeaway. He just woke up and decided to have a good game. Yep. If he can just decide to have a good game, okay, I'm sold now. Yeah, I'm sold. If AJ Brown is gonna wake up and decide that he can do that, okay, you got me. Listen, that, that's what I'm—that's what I'm worried about with this team is that this team can just run into a brick wall at any given moment. But if that's how it's gonna be, if the animal they can just wake that up whenever they want, okay,
1: hey, okay, hey, I'm for it. All right, I'm, yeah, I'm, it's, you got me.
0: Let's go. Let's
1: do it. Fly that's Eagles, fly. Probably, that you can knock for some people is if you're choosing to turn it on, why don't you choose to turn it on all the time? But at the same time, if he can choose to turn it on in the biggest moments, then let's do it. This is one of the tougher matchups they're going to have in a while. I feel Titans are relatively solid team for sure. They have some holes. Don't get me wrong, especially in that secondary but the teams that he's gonna have to show up against also have some holes in their secondary. I think the my top three in the NFC are the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the 49ers. Guess what? You can beat Trayvon Diggs, and Tyree Hill showed that the 49ers secondary can get absolutely trounced as well. 140 something yards for him, even in a loss. But hey, if AJ Brown can do a little bit of that, Eagles. Not only have a chance against anybody, they have a chance to blow anybody out. So, hey, yeah. I I think it's gonna be it's gonna make for some really exciting postseason football for the Eagles.
0: And Deshaun Watson's back, so the Browns are here. But Deshaun Watson, obviously, he looked rusty. He looked a little tense out there. He didn't really, you know, look his best. But he won. The team looked great around him. They looked motivated. It was the Texans, but they looked great. How did you feel?
1: I feel like Deshaun Watson needs to relieve some of that tension somehow. And I think it's going to take a couple touchdown passes. Did you think I was going somewhere else there? Uh, I don't know. He uh, he didn't (laughs) look good, man. And he didn't look good in the preseason. Then he went without practicing for a while. Gets back to the facility. Doesn't have a ton of time. But, man... That I really, really wish the Texans could have found a way to pull that off, and I really think without a defensive touchdown, special teams touchdown, another defensive touchdown, this is a different game. And I thought we might have had some Texans revenge cooking. I wish it happened, but you know, I I think Deshaun's gonna get better. I don't think the Browns have a chance. And what shocked me there is, and this is more fantasy relevant than football relevant, but the Texans shut down Nick Chubb. That's weird. The Texans have been bleeding points to running backs for years, and they finally decide to wake up and play against Nick Chubb. So that could be something cooking. That could be a storyline for fantasy football as we get into the championship weeks here, playoff weeks at least. Uh, but man, overall, I'm just not impressed with the Ch- Deshaun Watson. I think it's just going to go down as another incredibly Cleveland Browns move, giving him all this guaranteed money, and yeah. I don't think it's going to pay off.
0: Yeah, I'm um, I'm in the middle. So I I got to see more of Deshaun Watson because it's just he hasn't played. I think he's just got to he. Pre- he, he looks weird out there. He probably feels yeah. weird. This is just, it's just not anything he's used to anymore. And with everything that's going on, it's just like he knows that there's just a million eyes on him. And he knows like half of those eyes are just not good eyes on him. Right. The fans, it, he, the press. it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable for him out there. And I know it's not going to be comfortable until he can tune all that out. Right. I don't know if that's going to happen this year. Um, or maybe it does. Maybe maybe it does happen this year. Either which way, um, it was kind of it's a little of what I expected. I thought maybe he has one good game and then he doesn't have any good games for the rest of the season. Either way, I think the vibe of the team, um, is a little different now that he's there, which maybe can explain why Chubb had a little bit of a an off game. I don't think that continues. I think he'll pick it back up bill will be back to business i think just with the media attention that was probably on the game the you know everything all the all the weirdness that surrounded that game probably got to chubb somehow like this environment's weird i don't know it's the texans i just want to just get the hell out of here <laughs> i don't even really want to be here like yeah for this game, but
1: for a guy that clearly doesn't handle the media pressure the fan pressure and everything else yeah. very well that is a tough atmosphere and you know yeah. nfl really looked like a bad guy for wanting to hype up this game and like make sure his suspension ends in time for this bad look for sure but ultimately it kind of backfires and deshaun watson yeah. who was a big storyline gets kind of pushed all the way down the page here for having incredibly pedestrian numbers and now he's a bit of an afterthought and nobody really cares about Sean Watson. He's not this all-star quarterback right now at least because he's not up against his old team.
0: And I on the other on the other side of that coin um taking taking out all of the cuz I don't want to get canceled here, taking out all of the you know BS, taking out all of the things that have happened with that the, off field the guy, yeah. The guy is the guy is an incredible athlete. The guy is in the NFL and got paid that contract for a reason. The guy got paid that contract because the Browns are stupid, but he he earned that in a way because of his talent. So they're in the hunt for the playoffs. They have an incredible defense, in my opinion. They have talented players on the offense. I the AFC is amazing. I love the AFC right now. It's such a mess. It's such a disaster. But um, when it comes to this team, I can, you know, if Deshaun Watson turns it on, this team is dangerous. Um, and I don't want to fully say that like Deshaun Watson is written off because like this guy is an athlete at the end of the day, was yeah. one of was one of the top quarterbacks in the league as recently as two years ago. And one thing that strikes me about Deshaun Watson was that there was a moment in walking off the field at the end of, I believe, the last game he played as a Texan, or it might have been the year before, when him and J.J. Watt were walking off the field, and J.J. Watt had said, you know, like kind of like, I'm sorry, I feel like I didn't do enough out there for you. I still think Deshaun Watson's a good leader on the field. I still think he can, you know, lead this Browns team. I think overall, this is a better situation for Deshaun Watson to be in than what he was with in Houston, and at the same time, I also think this is a better Browns team than there has ever been on the field in recent memory. Maybe I don't know. This team is fucking weird. We'll find out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we will find out. <laughs> or one of the last items to wrap up last week, Tom Brady with his third game-winning drive of the year, two touchdowns in the last three minutes, pretty impressive. And how how do you feel about Tom Brady pulling this together?
0: like i don't like this guy just keeps just pulling magic out of his ass because it's like these games specifically i understand it's the saints right and he should be winning this but should he should this 45 year old man be winning these games at this point should like be. like he'd Again, I understand it's the Saints, but again, like this guy just keeps just pulling it out of his ass and just making these game-winning drives. He just keeps making the magic happen, and it's scary to me because, again, the story and what I always base my, again, I'm 14 years in a row correct on my Super Bowl winning predictions. It's not as impressive as it sounds, but when we get to the Super Bowl, I always pick it right because I go off of... Who I can imagine carrying the Super Bowl trophy. If I can't imagine them carrying it, but this is sounding like very Brady-ish, like this this season, and it's just a forty-five-year-old man is just destroying like people. Like it's, I love it. It's great.
1: It's it makes for a great story, and you know he doesn't have a lot going for him in the home life. So glad things are working out. Nothing.
0: It's sad because like it the only thing he has going for him is football, because I don't know if you know it uh know this either, but he invested a lot of money um in FTX.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, that's that's rough yeah. too. But I don't think this guy's hurting for a dollar. <laughs> so I don't feel too bad for him on that front. Feel more bad on the other front. Uh however, uh there is a quarterback that nobody feels bad for after this past week.
0: Yes. Quick shout out to the Dark Knight himself, Jared Goff. I want to give a quick shout out to Jared Goff, man. You know, I called him the Dark Knight two weeks ago. I gotta say it again. You know, the, this guy, man, he's way, he's working his way back into our hearts. You know, we were all we were all pooping on him. I think every, I think like literally, yeah. I don't think he had fans at one point. Like I think like literally everybody just did not like this guy. They were all calling him a goofball. They were all just writing him off. They were all saying he was going to be out of the league. And here he comes, and I'm I'm happy
1: for him. And that was just a really
0: quick shout-out. Don't worry, we won't mention him again.
1: But. The, uh, the Jared Goff versus Carson Wentz decision is always going to be a pretty weird, pretty important conversation. <laughs> uh, it's fun looking back at draft classes and just thinking how wrong somebody could be in certain moments and then how right they can be in a different moment. And it's just, it's strange.
0: And how how irrelevant that conversation
1: actually ends up being. Right, right. And you think this is the future of the NFL. And now we're looking at Carson Wentz as the fifth best quarterback in his division. Please
0: go away, Carson Wentz.
1: That's the one. And then you're looking at Jared Goff, who's. No,
0: because I don't even know if Carson Wentz is better than Gardner Minshew.
1: Touche, touche. So, arguably the fifth best quarterback in this division. <laughs> so, either way, if that's what the race is for, and then Jared Goff It'd be better than now, Cooper Rush. Yeah. <laughs> All right, come on, come on. So, you gotta give him a little something, dude. As, if you don't uh, make
0: Terry McLaurin a good wide receiver, I'd, I, I just don't. Uh, anyway, anyway, yeah. Let's look ahead to the games <laughs> that are coming up. <laughs>
1: Let's do that. Let's We're
0: inching towards these playoffs. Um, You know, the games are a little wacky this week. Um, You kind of pointed it out. And I looked and wow. Um, Like you said, six of the 13 games are about, you know, a negative uh, minus six or higher spread. Only two of them are uh, 50 plus overs. You know, some of these games personally scare me. Because I truly think I could I could see a Giants upset over the Eagles. I can see a Jets, Jets upset over the Bills. I can see a Browns upset. I, I can see these upsets. I mean, shit. I can even see this being the week. And I could, like, I don't know. I got nauseous while I was saying it. And I, I'm going to, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel weird even saying it. I could see this being the week that, like, Russell Wilson beats the Chiefs and just, like, let's ride. And the most, like, irrelevant win of the yeah. season that really pisses off Broncos fans. If Russell Wilson g- goes for, like, 300 yards and, like, three touchdowns and torches the Chiefs, I can just see Broncos fans, like, fuming. Like, just, like
1: <laughs> just I can see that, too. You know what's scary, though? They match up pretty well. So, the Chiefs don't run the ball. The Broncos have a great pass defense. Mahomes showed he's a little vulnerable last week against the Bengals. You know, the, the tight end can win some matchups across the middle, so Kelsey should have his day. But, man, I expect a lower-scoring affair than what you would typically expect from a Chiefs game. That Chiefs defense is not great. No Sutton, which, you know, they can't pass the ball anyway. So I really think this is Latavius Murray, or bust, which – is awful when you can't trust Russell Wilson for even one touchdown, but Jerry Judy's the kind of guy that can get behind this secondary, and they're the kind of secondary that lets people buy him. So I don't know, man. Like it's not that far fetched. I'm also not putting any money on that. I will. I'll throw a dollar.
0: I think my my intuition is telling me like Russell Wilson like. The theme of this season is literally how badly can Russell Wilson fuck over the Denver Broncos for no reason? It's like, I don't know why, but it's like, how badly can Russell Wilson do it? Like, in what ways can Russell? Because, like, last week it was Russell Wilson didn't lose to Lamar Jackson, he lost to Lamar Jackson's backup 10 to 9. (laughs)
1: Like,. You have to remember that them winning a game doesn't screw them out of draft position, because right now they don't care if they win. It, oh no! You know, but
0: that—that's the thing. That's not even that's not even what's going to make them, them mad. It's that it's the fact that Russell Wilson turns it on and has a really good game, and they beat the Chiefs of all teams. Yeah. And and if they could have just turned it on, the way the AFC playoff picture is, and the way that it it is kind of open, Proudly. if the Jets. If the Jets start losing games, which I envision because, you know, their quarterback, you know, it's the position is a, it's a little weird, you know, because we're about Mike White are, like
1: that, man. Are we
0: expecting Mike <laughs> White to really continue playing, you know, good
1: and win games? I, I don't think he's going to have a great week this week. Um, he which would be another loss. He did exactly what he was supposed to do last week. And again, the Bills are, should stop here. But my prediction all along has been he gets his win in the first week and then performs well enough against a weak Viking secondary, but the team gets trounced. team didn't really get trounced. They were competitive in that for sure, uh, but they lost that game, and then I thought they were going to get trounced again against the Bills. He's got the 1-2 record, and then it's time to put Wilson back in and see what you have there. I think the Jets really have to play more for the future. I don't think either one of these teams, either one of these quarterbacks have any kind of a chance once you're looking at playoff football. So I don't think you want to focus on this year as much. I think you really need to just build on something and then figure out what you've got in the quarterbacks for the future.
0: And it's my, my thing is, is like with how this is going, right. And how, you know, the jets are holding on to that last spot. And obviously, you know, you and I are saying, you know, we expect the jets to fall out of that last spot. And then the next teams being, you know, the Patriots, who we don't expect to really claim that spot. And then, you know, the Chargers, we can see it. The Raiders, you can't see, but I can see. Um, and then the Browns are an interesting team. But the Broncos could have easily had this spot. Yeah. And again, it, like if they smoke the Chiefs, I, if I'm a Broncos fan, I'm just like, come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think this game could be something that shows what they're capable of. So I can absolutely understand how yeah, you yeah. say that this being something that really pisses off their fan base, <laughs> but at the same time, you still want to beat the Chiefs. So, oh, yeah, they of can't course. be too mad. Uh, so, I, let's go ahead and take this opportunity. I do have one more game that I want to talk about, uh, which has more betting influence, I think, than anything else. That That's the really the reason I want to talk about it. So, we'll, we'll switch the water a bit. We'll talk about that right before we get into bets. Uh, but while we're talking playoff picture, who do you feel is your last team in for both conferences and who do you think is the first one that misses out on the big dance?
0: (laughs) So you should already know that the, the first team that, um, that I think is going to make it is going to be the Raiders AFC. They're, they're going to be the ones that squeeze in. I think it's closer than bill thinks bill's going to disagree with me until the Raiders are actually in there firmly But, you know, like I said, after this, they're going to get this win against the Rams and they're going to be there. It's going to be a conversation all over, all over the world. Everyone's going to be talking about the Raiders making the playoffs, question mark. And then after another couple weeks, we'll be talking about them in the playoffs. And then the team that's going to be edged out is the very underachieving Chargers. You know, we'll be talking about their quarterback, their underachieving quarterback. We'll be we'll be talking about their underachieving defense. We'll be we'll be talking about their underachieving coaching. We'll be talking about all that good stuff. Um, on the other end of it, I think the Seahawks will be the last team to make it. I think the order the way it is. Um, I think the Giants they'll be okay. I think this tiebreaker really or this tie really helped them. Um, <laughs> I think this is oddly like really what they needed. Um, I think the the Seahawks uh, based on the one of their more recent uh, you know losing streaks. I don't think they have what it takes to move up, but I also don't think they're going to fall out based on how weak uh, the NFC is. But I do think the Lions will come the closest because if you look at the standings, they're there. And I do think they're going to win at least half of their remaining games because this this guy, Jared Goff, shout out to Jared Goff, by the way. This guy, Jared Goff, is ripping it up. And I, I think the Lions will come the closest. So, All
1: right. So I got a little bit of a flip-flop on a couple of the teams that you had just mentioned. Starting off on the AFC, I do have the Jets making it in. I think they are going to squeak in. It's going to be close. I think it's going to be a, a one-game difference. Or it could even go to tiebreakers. Uh, but I have the Patriots as the first team out. Uh, so I don't think that Mac Jones is really going to be the answer at quarterback, unless they really stack some talent around him. I think the Patriots are starting to learn that they don't really have a passing game and that it's going to take one in this pretty stacked AFC that has a lot of talent, a lot of firepower. Uh, and I don't think they can keep up with some of the games that they need to keep up with in order to surpass the likes of the Jets, which feels weird to say uh over on the nfc side i do have the commanders uh who really take advantage of that tie uh, edging out the seahawks i think they're gonna end up getting in by half a game over the seahawks i think exactly what you said i think this cold streak it does drop them some and i think the commanders are hot enough plus they Apparently you're going to get Chase Young back at some point. I feel like I've been talking about Chase Young coming back since the first episode. Yeah, we're like,
0: Chase Young?
1: But maybe he Because I was like, up. Chase Young is going to be the difference for them to beat the Giants. And then,
0: oh, hey, look, it
1: was a tie. I, I probably would have
0: yep.
1: been right. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it would have made a difference somehow, I feel. But uh, for better or for worse. So, you know, if they get Chase Young back and they already have Heineke playing well enough to win these games, you know, they could be a team that, continues to climb. So I think they edge in Seahawks fall just out. That is going to be the seventh and eighth seeds for each conference in our opinions here. So moving forward, let's circle back to our last game that I am excited about something to look forward to for this week and something I find weird as hell. The lions are favored over the 10-win Minnesota Vikings. Now, I'm not a professional handicapper, but I wouldn't have set that line anywhere near this. How does that happen? How does a 10-win team end up as the underdog, and given that the Vikings are at the Lions, but Ford Field is not, a dangerous place to play. It's not like they're in elements that they're not familiar with. They're in a dome. But it's, the Vikings are two-point dogs to the Lions, to the five-win Lions.
0: It's, um, I don't know. I mean, Lions, their offensive stats are actually, like, really, like, broken right now, especially after, like, these last couple of wins that they got. Um, I think all that considered, the, the Vikings are very, very shaky against – Offenses like the Lions have, I guess it makes sense. But for me, like they, you you can't make the Lions favorites. It, it's it's it sucks because you're 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 preventing people from making money here. <laughs> if the Lions are to win, um, but and America I mean, wants hey,
1: to cheer for the Lions. Maybe that's a candidate for America's team.
0: Jared Goff. America's off. favorite. What's the turnaround
1: from America's least favorite to
0: America's favorite. But, um, you, you know,
1: front of Dan Campbell long enough and that could end up being America's team.
0: Yeah. I, I could I, I still see the Vikings winning this. Um, but I, it, it's stuff like this. When lines like this come out, I usually don't go against these lines cuz like they, it was something like this um in basketball when like the 76ers were completely hurt but they had them favored against the completely healthy hawks and i was like i'm going to take that all day you know i'm going to i'm going to take the hawks under you know why are the hawks underdog i'm spamming that and then the hawks end up losing by like 15 it's like what? Well, that doesn't make no sense right. so i don't i don't know so- but Shout out to Jared Goff though. Like Jared Goff to be in this position, you know, to be in a situation. Yeah. Like against the Vikings, the 10 win Vikings that are like going to go off in history and, and this playoffs history and Jared Goff, man.
1: Jared Goff. So that wraps up for the look ahead. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about my opinion on where that game goes in in a little bit. Uh, I'll be talking about that game quite a bit throughout my segments here. Uh, So first we're going to kick off with Tom's intuition.
0: Yes. Yes. And you know, I, with Tom's intuition, I really want to give a shout out to Jared Goff because you know, this dude, (laughs) Jared Goff, he's, he's really, he's overcome a lot, man you know, like he really came into this, you know, as a St. Louis Ram and he had to embrace this whole Los Angeles Rams thing. You know, the fans don't show up. It's always, you know, the other team's fans that show up to the Los Angeles games. It's, you know, this hilarious thing. They don't believe in their team, whatever. Um, And then, you know, we had that horrible season where he almost had as many interceptions as he did touchdowns. But at the end of the day, he was throwing 4,000 yards and you know, whatever. I, I still always thought he was a good quarterback at the end of the day. It's just, you know, he, he had Jeff Fis- uh, Fisher as a coach, but whatever. More power to him. He ruins quarterbacks. But either which way, my intuition on Jared Goff is that I think with how bad these quarterbacks are, I think Jared Goff, I think he's a top 10 quarterback. Don't ask me who he's better than because I can't tell you and I don't want to do the math right now. But that's why this segment is bullshit and my intuition is bullshit. Jared Goff is a top 10 quarterback, or he will be because it's my intuition and I have to predict things with this segment. So he will be a top 10 quarterback next year. Um, the second one, Kyler Murray is going to be the future quarterback of the Patriots. I don't think this um, this, this relationship with the Cardinals is going to work out for too much longer. Um, I think it's whack. I don't think it's. I don't think they want to do it for much longer. I think they're just doing it because he's really he's talented, um, but like he's not motivated to play for them. I don't think they're motivated to really push him anymore. Um, so I just think he needs something different. And I think Bill Belichick would be perfect for this guy because I know Kyler Murray at his best is a dangerous um, MF on that field, and I think Bill Belichick would be someone perfect to get that out of him, and he's gonna be they're gonna be perfect together let's get it to happen and the third thing baker mayfield is gonna be a great quarterback in this league it's just not gonna be for the rams he keeps ending up in these weird toxic situations that i find hilarious um like like the browns like he did really good for the browns there for a quick second and then all of a sudden it got really toxic and then Deshaun Watson (laughs) like they I really think they did Baker dirty with that for no reason and then he ended up on the Panthers with this Sam Darnold weird craziness and now he's a ram and they are with no wheels on their train so I'm praying for you man you got this
1: so I'm with you on a couple of those things. I do think the Cardinals need to break it up. It's given me kind of Utah jazz vibes to bring in a little NBA talk where there's talent. There's the the right stuff to an extent, but you can't piece it together. It's just not happening. So got to try something different. So I think he could get traded maybe. And out of that that's too. not a Patriots move. So that's why I don't necessarily agree with that. If he gets traded, he's a free agent. I could see it though. I could certainly see something crazy like that happening. Big and, beat man, is
0: spending the money.
1: Yeah. It's, that's still a strange fit just because I don't think they want to spend money there. But I was just saying that I think Mac Jones is not the answer. So, you know, The the shoe does fit. So moving on to Baker Mayfield, you're right, man. Like I didn't even realize this is the third consecutive trash situation for him. And I think he has shown that he has what it takes to be at least a solid quarterback, but he's getting in the wrong coaching situations. He's getting in the wrong team situations. Sean McVay could have something for him. I think he's now the most talented guy on that roster that has a body that feels less than 60 years old. So I think Stafford were this close
0: close to seeing him in San Fran. I was, I was hoping for it. I was, I I know I figured it wasn't going to happen because like, you know, it was, why would they, I mean, they won with Brock Purdy. So why not? But man, I felt like if he would have ended up in San Fran, that would have just been made in heaven. 100% Hundred percent
1: would have happened if he cleared waivers. The Rams wanted to play spoiler to that, if nothing else, is yeah. what I really feel happened. So and it's just so unfortunate
0: did. because, like, if I'm Baker, I'm just like, and like, I'm like, oh man, let's go, San love-
1: Fran. Jimmy G got hurt.
0: Can't wait for this yeah. text. And you look, I got the text.
1: Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I think Baker's going to get an honest shot with the Rams okay. next year. Uh, that's I think realistically, if Stafford even comes back, he's probably not going to stay healthy. And if you have Cooper Cup and an off season to to build up with Cooper Cup, you know I think he's got a shot of doing something with the Rams. I is just, it going to be enough to do well and be a playoff push? I don't know. But I don't. I,
0: I only reason I don't agree is because like it's just everything around that is just old not healthy. I mean, even Aaron Donald is showing, you know, finally signs of not being healthy. Um, Yeah. It's unfortunate. Like, I mean, hey, put Baker Mayfield in New England.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's another one I think. I'm just saying, like, I
0: I don't. This is easily like a situation where, like, I can see Baker Mayfield being out of the league for no reason at all. Cause like I again like he had a very solid season with the Browns I believe it was two or three years ago at this point, um and a lot of this stuff that's happened since has just been out of his hands, like it's been just because the Browns have never known what they were doing ever at any point in time, and then they just get Watson out of nowhere.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's just not his fault, but we'll find out. (laughs) So give us some Bills block. Let's go. So. onto Bill's block here. So I typically have, you know, different levels of confidence in my DraftKings lineup that I put together for you guys. And in certain weeks, it's very easy for it to come together. Certain weeks, it's a little harder for it to come together. Last week felt great. Last week was a very solid week. And ultimately a lot of the plays did cash. uh, So I had, all the right players didn't necessarily put them in all the right lineups to to really win the million. Uh, but, you know, I there were a few that weren't all that far off from it either. So Brown's defense paid off. Uh, you know, Monrath paid off. A.J. Brown paid off. A couple of different guys that we talked about. Uh, so this week I'm feeling pretty good again, and here's why. It is a pretty limited slate for the main slate. We're down to 10 games, and that's not the way it's typically been. On a Sunday afternoon, we typically have more than just 10 games. But with six teams on by, then the Thursday, the Sunday night, and the, the Monday night, you're down to just 10 games that you can pick from. And as Tom said, only two games on the whole slate have an over of 50 or higher. One of those is Miami versus the Chargers. It's not even on the main slate. So you really only have one game that has a ton of points to pick from. It's Minnesota versus Detroit. So I am stacking the every living hell out of that game. And I have, at quarterback, one Mr. Jared Goff. So I'm running back for Jared Goff. Uh, He had a great week last week. He's on a good stretch for sure, even from a fantasy standpoint. And, man, if Mike White can produce versus the Minnesota Vikings, then Jared Goff can produce as well. Uh, So I am running that back with Amon Ra. I think Amon Ra is the guy that fits well to beat this Vikings secondary. But if they're scoring points, then you better believe Justin Jefferson is going to be scoring some points too. Uh, So I really think this game could smash the over. I think we're looking closer to 60-65 points. But Vegas knows something we don't. So it could be right on that 51-52 mark. I I wouldn't be too shocked at that either. Either way, that's plenty of touchdowns to be scored. So I, uh, I am also adding TJ Hawkinson to that mix. So TJ Hawkinson is my tight end. So we do have four total players from that game, and I have no problem with that. I think there's plenty of love to go around across those. So the rest of the games are from more modest over-under games, of course, since the other one's highest on the slate. Uh, but I have the Dallas Cowboys versus the Houston Texans. The chalk play for this, is going to be Tony Pollard. I'm fading that. I'm going Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott doesn't have many games where he has more touches than Pollard, but realistically, he does rush more often. And once this game gets out of hand, in in a game script very similar to what happened last week, it should be Dallas up by a bunch. And when Dallas is up by a bunch, what they did is they ran it to Zeke. So I see Zeke finding the end zone twice this week. Uh, so. Locken and Zeke in as my RB1, my RB2. A game that has enough points where there should be some scoring is Carolina versus Seattle. And Seattle is awful against running backs. I'm going Deontay Foreman. For wide receivers, I already have Jefferson and St. Brown. I'm wrapping that up with Marvin Jones. And this is a very expensive Set of players that I've put together so far. So, my flex, I actually have to go Greg Dulcich. Greg Dulcich, I like going up against Kansas City because Russell Wilson is going to have to throw the ball. Kansas City should be ahead a little bit, if not a lot of it. So, Greg Dulcich is one of Russell's favorite targets. He's really been the main favorite target. But if you add to the fact that Cortland Sutton's going to miss this game, I really think Dulcich could have a lot of targets. Not necessarily fine and pay dirt, but if he has 80 or 90 yards on seven or eight grabs, that's going to really pay his value at only 3400 for the salary. I also have Cowboys defense to wrap it up. Uh, spending up a little on defense here, and it's going to be worth it. Uh, so they really get after it. They have a ton of sacks. They know how to turn the ball over. And realistically, I'm expecting a touchdown from the Cowboys defense. Uh, that will Rear its head in just a moment as well. Uh, so that wraps up the DraftKings lineup. Uh, not a ton of places that I really want to pivot to. This is pretty much the lineup I want to lock in. I'm not in love with Marvin Jones. If you can find something of a better value, uh, I think he can beat the Tennessee, uh, secondary. I'd really love to get Christian Kirk in instead, but just couldn't do it from a salary standpoint. Uh, That should cash, at least, in a 50-50 lineup. Uh, But I'm definitely firing that up in tournament play. Uh, If I was going to pivot off of anybody, it's probably spending down on Justin Jefferson and then uh, firing up something a little higher than Marvin Jones, mixing in maybe Christian Kirk instead, and then take your favorite with whatever is left money-wise. That's Bill's Block.
0: Hell yeah, I always I always get some good parlays out of this. Let's go. Alright, so going on to the five and five, I'm gonna start off here by putting the records down below. It is getting good. So with that being said, I'm gonna start off with my choosing. Very weird week, like we like we had mentioned earlier in the podcast here. But I'm going to start off. I'm going to pick the Ravens over the Steelers. Um, the Steelers are favorited in this, but I really don't care. I really don't care for this playoff uh, push that they're trying to make either. It's actually angering their whole fan base, which is actually really funny. Um, their fan base is like practically like begging for them to tank um, because as you mentioned in the podcast last week as well, Um, You know, it is very close right there from, you know, second on to like 15th. So they can easily get all the way up there, but they're trying to make a playoff push for whatever reason to go. And if they magically do make the playoffs, they're going to get squashed. I don't care for it. And I think the Ravens are going to destroy them and destroy their confidence. Now, I think that the the Titans are going to beat the Jaguars. I think after that loss to the Lions, I think the Jaguars are going to mail it in even further. I think they're going to embrace the tank. I think the Titans also are going to um, fully play with desperation um, in this game as well. um, Because after these couple of losses, they really need this win. I think they're going to beat the Jaguars. Uh, The Buccaneers, I have them beating the 49ers. I have Tom Brady getting a very big win. He needs it. He needs to gain some more ground in this division. I have Brock Lesnar losing at home. I um I think this is a lot of pressure facing Tom Brady at home, uh, and it's it's just it's it's not going to work out for him. I think Tom Brady is going to win that game. Tom Brady and the Bucks. I have the Seahawks beating the Panthers. I think you know Geno Smith is going to get it done. He just keeps coming out with beautiful quotes week after week, and I'm just buying into his story more and more. I'm like starting to feel like he's going to win his first playoff game, even though I know it's probably not going to happen, but I'm starting to believe in this guy. The quote that he said this time um, was that with everything that he's been through, like, um, you know, all the unfortunate stuff that's happened in his career would be a dream for, for a lot of people on this earth. So I I love this guy. He's just like, he's gold. He's just golden. And the, the last, uh, Choice um, of teams that I have here is that I have the Dolphins over the Chargers. I think the Dolphins are going to have a very good comeback game. They're going to go into LA. I think a lot of Dolphins fans are going to show up. I think they are going to smack the Chargers. I think Tua is going to smack Herbert, and um, there's going to be a lot of smacking going on. I'm sorry for being violent tonight, everybody, but that is my that is my teams. You're you're up, Bill. Excellent. Oh, I was just very hyper for this episode. I don't know. I'm just like I'm just really happy where the podcast it. is. I'm I'm happy to talk football. I'm, I'm just happy, and I'm violent when I'm happy. I I'm not abusive. I promise.
1: <laughs> so my five money line teams. I actually am taking the Lions over the Vikings this week. If Woo! you see a line that's this rough then man, Vegas typically knows something that we don't. So
0: I looked up the weather and then I remembered they have a dome. So I just don't know. I don't, I don't know.
1: There's no injuries. There's no reason for it. (laughs) There's just no reason for it. And it's not like the Lions are undefeated at home or anything. The splits don't make sense. There's no real reason for this, which means somebody knows something that we don't and I trust them. I'm scared. I'm,
0: I'm just, I'm scared to bet on this game now.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the Vikings don't win anything by a lot. So if you're going to bet on this and you want to feel confident in it, then, A, you don't take a money line from either one of those teams because it's a pretty 50-50 game, realistically. Uh, but I have no problem teasing and taking the Lions plus some points. If you take the Lions plus three, I think you're locked in. I, I don't see this being more than a three-point game. Uh, but I I like Lions to win it. I think again Vegas has to know something that we don't hear for this line to be set. With
0: you know, so I I'm gonna say it though. I I feel like we we should smash the heavy over, um because I think I think it's gonna be a shootout. And the reason why I, I say do. it is because you say the Vikings never lose or win by a lot, um and the the Lions defense is really really weak and their offense is really really strong. So I, I just two
1: I think offenses that are strong against two defenses that are weak. Yeah. It's the dream matchup for an over, which is often when it under hits.
0: And Jared well. Goff. Shout out to Jared Goff. That guy he he has nothing to lose. <laughs> so so
1: Lions is my first money line. I also have the Ravens for all the same reasons you said. I think Tyler Huntley's really solid. I think he's going he to He beat end Russell up, Wilson. He he's going to end up signing a solid contract in this league. I don't know how long he's left. He's got left on this Ravens deal. Uh, but he's really shown he's got what it takes. He's he's won some solid games. Not just this one. He didn't show me a ton last week. He showed me enough. D- he's Denver's afforded he's
0: afforded Lamar Jackson the ability to stay healthy. And that that is yeah. one that's one thing that a lot of us worried about when Lamar Jackson came into the league was, you know, uh, can he stay healthy? And these games that Lamar Jackson is able to miss. Great. Yeah.
1: So, I like Huntley and the Ravens over the Steelers. I do like the Titans over the Jags as well. I, I think, like you said, the Jags are starting to tank a little bit. Uh, they're seeing where they stand. They see how devastating a couple more wins could be. I don't think they want it that bad. Trevor Lawrence playing a little banged up and also just not really having the talent there yet, right now. Uh, I think that means that. The Jags are sending it in, and Titans should take advantage of that. They want the win bad, especially after last week. They don't lose two in a row, not in that way, let alone in general. Uh, so I also have the 49ers over the Bucks. This is where we do go head-to-head. I think Brock Purdy comes out and takes down Tom Brady. And <laughs> it's wild to think about this guy. I don't know if he was born yet when Tom Brady started playing in this league. And here he is ready to take on the goat. Uh, so it's like SpongeBob like,
0: versus DoodleBob.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like 49ers defense against the Bucks. I, what I really disagree with on your opinion on the Bucks is the fact that they need this game. I don't think they do. And I think they know that they don't. Therefore, I don't think they get up for the occasion. Uh, so the 49ers are a good team the Bucs will take care of the bad teams and that's all it's going to take to get into the playoffs. I do think they can make it interesting with anybody and everybody in this league, but I don't think they feel that drive to do it this week to wrap up. I do have dolphins over the chargers as well. I think it's a bounce back game. Uh, I think the dolphins will be good at resetting just because Mike McDaniel isn't even kill guy. I don't think you're going to get the lowest lows. He allows, Pretty high highs, but overall, he's a pretty even keel guy. Just generally very optimistic. I, I think they won't feel as much pain traveling to California, being that I believe they stayed there this week. Uh, so I do think they can take down the Chargers. I'm interested in what you said about a lot of Dolphins fans being at Los Angeles because, frankly, for a lot of years, a lot of Dolphins fans didn't even make it to Miami. So now that we have ourselves a bit of a team, I'm curious if we do travel well. And most teams do travel well to Los Angeles. So that wraps up my five. I'm gonna dive right into my but five. Before
0: touchdowns you do. Scores. Before sure. you do.
1: I don't know how comfortable the
0: Buccaneers should be. And the reason why I say that, I'm not I'm not saying the Falcons can do it, but Let's say hypothetically the Buccaneers do lose to the 49ers, which is very possible because, you know, I'm not saying Brock Purdy alone is going to beat the Buccaneers, but the 49ers as a team, they have a really good team that can do it. The next week, um, you know, the Buccaneers face the Bengals. The Falcons face the Saints. So if the Falcons win and the Buccaneers lose, they are now tied again, which would mean the next week – the um, the Buccaneers face the Cardinals, <laughs> and the Falcons face. I had the this Ravens. In my head, the Ravens, which Lamar Jackson I'll, could still be hurt.
1: I'll jump ahead a little bit and tell you that the Buccaneers versus the Falcons might be the play-in game that we get for Sunday Night Football right. in Week 18.
0: Right. That's that. that that's where that's where I
1: was getting to. Yeah. So, but this game, this knowing... game could
0: be important. To that, and like I said, I'm not saying like the Falcons are like anything dangerous, anything to worry about, but I'm just one, saying one I don't guess. know. Like this, this loss could prevent Tom Brady from the playoffs.
1: Could, could. it could, but anyone can, and the six right. that he already has could as well. The Falcons, however, are bringing in Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter is going to be the starter after their bye week.
0: Could be their future. That
1: could be either really bad or a game changer positively. We don't know yet what Desmond Ritter is made of. We don't know if he's ever going to be good, let alone if he's going to be good this year. So, I'm intrigued. I think he's got a skill set similar to how they ran the offense through Mariota. So, realistically, they don't have to change a ton. For every reason, they've found some success this season. I don't think that drops off with Ritter. And maybe he is a pun more talented than mariota maybe he's not so i think we're gonna find out a lot about the falcons pretty quickly but i i could see it i could absolutely see them making up a little bit of ground and making that week 18 game incredibly interesting so we'll find out
0: tell us who you got for touchdowns
1: so for touchdowns i do have a couple of guys that i mentioned during my uh during my DraftKings lineup i do have deontay foreman as my number one lock for a touchdown versus Seattle, I like the odds a lot better than where Vegas has him right now. I like Zeke versus Houston and I might even like him for two touchdowns. I like Pollard just as much in that stretch. Uh, so really you could go either way if you personally leaning in either direction, but I'm going with Zeke. I like Christian Kirk versus Tennessee. I think, I I did go with Christian Kirk last week. He didn't actually find the end zone, but he did have plenty of opportunities. Uh, So I do think he finds one deep against Tennessee. That is where they're weak. I like Derrick Henry versus Jacksonville. (laughs) I'm probably looking for something like a 200-yard and two-touchdown line for Derrick Henry. So Mm -hmm. that's where the DraftKings lineup could fail, is if Derrick Henry absolutely becomes a slate breaker. Uh, Outside of that, I really like the lineup. And I do like I clarifying the end zone versus Miami. I think they'll shut him down okay. Uh, but I still think he finds one receiving. Miami tends to give it up to receiving backs a little bit more uh than just your standard running back. On to you.
0: All right. So I want this win. I want to win both. You know, I want the record and I want the touchdowns. So Bill. I'm sorry to do this to you, but I'm going basic. I think the best wide receivers in the league are going to shine plus Nick Chubb. So I'm going with Nick Chubb to get a touchdown and I'm going Amari Cooper, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, and AJ Brown. Just right. like that. Right. Your logic is probably way better than mine. Um, for me, I just think as we get closer to the end of the season, the star wide receivers always always end up uh in the end zone the playoffs is where um it, it gets interesting is where you know we we get more of the the better you know the the very nitty-gritty you know matchup uh scores the the ones that i can't predict but <laughs> yeah that that yeah those are,
1: those are my scores this does make it interesting. I'm going four running backs, one receiver. You're going four receivers, one running back. So yes, uh, we'll see if there's a strategy that comes into play there. But uh, listen, Give us a I bonus we'll, bet. I like both uh, of our, our five touchdown scores, so I might do some chaining together this week for, for my betting purposes. My bonus bet, which I have mentioned, is a Dallas touchdown. Uh, Dallas defensive touchdown. Dallas should score more than one touchdown. But one of them is going to be from the defense. They're at plus 330 odds when I looked uh, prior to the podcast. So, ultimately, feel free to lock that into a parlay. But I had no problem putting a unit or two on it straight up. I I really like the odds of a short field, fumble recovery, scoop and score, or they do know how to ball hawk. They should be able to pick one off again with short distance. And Texans always seem to give up the defensive touchdown. Uh, So I I think they're going to be playing pretty aggressively to come from behind. Plus, Dallas knows how to pin guys deep. So I I think a couple short field situations, that's a bonus bet that I have more confidence in. I almost put them in as one of my general touchdown scores this week. But at plus 330, I thought, uh, I also want to win this. So went (laughs) a different route.
0: That's fair enough. That is fair enough.
1: What have you got for a bonus bet?
0: One second, the Rams actually made it interesting real fast, but the Raiders just had the punt of a lifetime. So they probably <laughs> did that. Wow. Well, Baker Mayfield didn't have as bad of a performance as I thought he was going to have. Uh, 17, 18 to 30 for
1: 159 yards so far.
0: I thought it was going to be under 100 yards if I'm, if I'm being truly honest with you.
1: <laughs> I didn't think he'd get sling it 30 times with the time he came into the game. Uh, but Listen, he's outperformed Derek Carr right now. Yeah. So, we'll see.
0: Jacobs came back into the game, but um,
1: that's good. That's good to hear. I'm especially my bonus bet.
0: Um, you know what? I just want to give a shout out to Jared Goff. You know, Jared Goff, a very good quarterback in this league. Again, I'm such a sucker for the underdog story—the guy that nobody loves that ends up making everybody love him. You know what? Just make a ticket of Jared Goff just going off. Just do it. Make the ticket. I know for whatever reason the Lions are not the underdog, but make the ticket of Jared Goff going off, and I promise you you're going to have a good time. And with that so being
1: said. Your translation there, Jared Goff, over 299.5 passing yards, over 2.5 touchdowns.
0: Is that where his line is?
1: Uh, that's where I'm putting it. For you can you can if that if that, is your, line, up if that is your line for three hundred yards. I'm going to
0: take the over two point five touchdowns and I'm going to take four hundred yards. Four hundred yards. Yes,
1: you heard it here first.
0: Yes, take that ticket. Right. Um take the take the Lions and the Vite. This is going to be a crazy game. I I have the feeling. I have the feeling like the defense. I feel like like these defenses are not even going to like study. I don't even... I don't even know. Like, this is, they're not even going to bother, like, even doing anything, any of their pregame anything. I think feel- this is like, <laughs> like a
1: schoolyard pickup game, it feels like. Oh, just, yeah. Yeah, a, they know weird. they don't have a chance. Why bother? Oh, yeah. I, with that that's, said, that's when you might get a defensive score every here and there as well. So it's just it's some schoolyard bullshit uh, turning okay. into some weird stuff the other direction. But I think that's game of the week. Uh, vegas obviously thinks so too
0: yes and with that being said we're gonna leave it there that was another edition of the built different
1: podcast
0: another edition of gold rush we did it again bill talked our bullshit talked everything We we could we gave it our all we left it all on the field we left it all out there for you guys make sure you guys subscribe like follow sell your soul to us shout out to belgium you guys became our number one listener How about that? We love you guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate the support from everybody though. Appreciate all you guys. Um, Make sure you guys are staying in tune. Our rebrand is coming. We are so excited um, to give you guys what we have in store. Make sure you guys, like I said, subscribe, follow, like, sell your soul, do everything you can. Stay in tune. See you next time.
1: See ya. But I those Raiders, though. This year. Tell me about the yeah. Raiders, Bill.
0: We currently stand there um, in the third with about four minutes to go. Um, Baker Mayfield's in the game, um, driving it down the field. Thirteen to three, Raiders are up. This game could get a little weird. It's it's happening, man. I'm sticking with it. I'm not turning my back. Why won't the Raiders make the playoffs, Bill? Why won't they? I can Antonio tell you why. Brown, John Gruden, Henry Ruggs. The list just goes on and on. Derek
1: Carr, Jeff Saturday. Like, it's just, it's crazy. (laughs) Why wouldn't they? Have an awful, awful defense. And anybody and everybody can score points on them, except for maybe Baker Mayfield. We'll find out about that momentarily.